Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, a Bible study designed to be a blessing to everyone who takes the time to study the Word with us. We're so glad that you have joined us today. And if you have been following sequentially from the very beginning of this study, I know that God is taking His Word, sowing it into your heart, uh, so that it can bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. It is never, never returning to Him void. That's what the Old Testament declares that my word will not return to me void, but it'll accomplish that that I sent it to do. It's like the rain, it's like the snow that comes down out of heaven, watereth the earth, and causes it to bring forth and to bud. That's how the Word works in our life. Hallelujah. And we're just praying that the Holy Spirit will lead us today to glorify and magnify Jesus through whom we see the Father. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And oh, what a wonderful heavenly Father that we have. What a gracious and great God that we serve. Jesus has brought him out for us to see in every word that he spoke and every deed that he did. And hanging on the cross in our behalf is the great revelation of the love that God has for you, my dear friend, and for me today. If you don't know Jesus, please stay tuned to this broadcast. I believe God will open your heart and understanding, and uh, we'll have an opportunity at the end uh, for you to come to know Him, should you desire to and decide to. And how could you not love a God as good as this, as gracious as this? Well, having said that, we're talking about these things out of Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading once again in verse 5. Listen for these things to be highlighted. And we're going to go forward in these things and talk about them today. It says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, or agape, divine love, or the God kind of love. Verse 8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was once purged from his old sins. Listen carefully. This is all about not going back and picking up sins that we once laid down. It's the faith that we're building to or building on and adding to is the faith that was exhibited when we came to Christ as our Savior. This is not faith for a mansion. It's not faith for deliverance. It's not faith for healing, although within the overarching blessing of saving faith, all kinds of blessings are, are underneath that wonderful covering and canopy. But this is about building on your initial saving faith, building 
your life going forward and not backward, never looking back, hallelujah, but upward and onward, hallelujah. Verse 10 says, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do, I'm highlighting these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of highlighting again these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, not in a church building, not in a cathedral, but in his own physical body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle. In other words, he's going to die, and it won't be very long, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you might be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. What an emphasis that he put on these things and what an emphasis uh, that he put on us always remembering to build on our faith and add these things. Even, he said, after I'm gone and not here to urge you onward and to challenge you, I want you to keep these things in remembrance always. And we've been talking about these things. And today we're going to talk about the sixth of the seven listed and it's brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. I want to read from Ephesians 4 and verse 32. It said, And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You see, brotherly kindness will keep us in a place where we are able to get along with one another. And when we can't get along, we are able to forgive so that we can get along. <laughs> Amen. God doesn't want a schism in His body. He wants us to be unified. And He wants us to show forth the kind of love and kindness that He has shown forth unto us. In the Old Testament, kindness is usually a translation of hasid. It indicates faithfulness to a relationship. It is used of God and His loving covenant, His real love covenant with His chosen people. And it's always talking about relationship one with another so that we can have fellowship one with another. To show kindness is to act in a loyal and loving way to another person. In the New Testament, it indicates moral goodness that enables a person to be kind and friendly to one another. And there's so many scriptures that have to do with how we treat one another. And, and particularly in the area of forgiveness. You know, there was a, a movie some years ago, and I think the name of it was Love Story. <laughs> but it, 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 it said, love is never having to say 
I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. That is not a very good explanation of love. If you really love someone, uh, you're not going to be so perfect that you won't have to ask for forgiveness. And there's no one going to be so perfect toward you that they're not going to need your forgiveness. And that's where brotherly kindness comes in. Because if we're tender-hearted, we don't hold grudges. We don't harden our hearts. It's so important not to let some problem with someone, someone has hurt us or failed us, to harden our heart, but to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ hath forgiven us. Forgiveness is so very important. It's in the pattern prayer that we commonly call the Lord's Prayer, but really they ask Him, Lord, teach us to pray. And He said, when you pray, pray this, pray like this, pray like this. Don't just pray this. You can pray verbatim. But the elements in the Lord's Prayer is supposed to be in every prayer that we pray, acknowledging a Father in heaven, worshiping Him, and and vowing to no other. Someone, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And forgiving as, as we are forgiven, just like the Scriptures teach us. That's part of praying effectively. And the devil wants to disqualify us from answers to prayer. Uh, he wants to find some legal basis to attack us with and get us turned wrong with God. And that's why Jesus said, when you're praying, pray like this. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, our those who trespass against us. You see, forgiveness from God to us is 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 really um, something that has to occur uh, as we forgive one another. Brotherly kindness, tender heartedness toward one another, never hardening our heart toward anyone. Uh, don't let the sun, Jesus said, go down on your wrath. That's not 24 hours. That's 12 hours. The sun goes down in the evening. Only 12 hours has passed uh, in, in, a, in, in a, uh, a general sense since the sun came up. He's saying, don't even let a half a day go by holding on to some hurt, holding on to some grudge against anyone, particularly against a brother or a sister in Christ. Brotherly kindness allows us to forgive and forget. Oh, I've heard people say this. Real forgiveness uh, brings holy forgetfulness. Praise God to where, you know, gee, you know what God said when He forgives? He said, I will cast, as it is written, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west. Their sins will I remember no more. Aren't you glad? Isn't that good news today? That your sins have not only been forgiven, but they have been forgotten. That that means God will never bring it up ever again 
throughout time and eternity, the sins that you have confessed, repented of, and been forgiven of, those sins have been forgotten. Hallelujah. And forgotten forever. Glory to God. As one lady asked another lady who had been deeply hurt by a, a, another Christian, do, do you remember uh, back when that occurred? And she said, no, I do not. I distinctly remember forgetting that. Because when she forgave it, she wiped it clean. It doesn't mean it didn't make a crease in our brain to where it's it's filed somewhere. It means that we don't go to the file cabinet. We don't open it up. We don't pull it out. We don't rehearse it. We don't review it. It's over. It's done. It's as if it never happened. I distinctly remember for forgetting that. Hallelujah. When I forgave it, I forgot it. That's how God forgives. And this Hasid of God, this kindness, this loving kindness toward us is what allows for such forgiveness to flow to you and to me. So Jesus said, when you stand praying, remember, it's one of the principles in the pattern prayer that is a pattern for all prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What a relief it is to get that that hurt and that hardness out of our heart. You know, the scripture teaches about Satan's devices and, and he said, lest there be in any, the scripture says, lest there be in any of you a root of bitterness springing up and trouble you. You can almost see that old, ugly, gnarly tree growing up with sour, bitter fruit in our life, getting rooted in us and growing tall within us. Oh, but forgiveness kills it at the root. <laughs> Just like John the Baptist said, now the axe is laid to the root. Praise God. We get down to the root of our problem with forgiveness, and it's not being willing to walk and add to our faith this virtue, brotherly kindness, tender-heartedness toward one another. And then the next and final is charity. Charity. And this is really uh, put together with brotherly kindness because it's this kind of love that allows us to walk consistently in brotherly kindness. In Galatians 5 and verse 6, it says, speaks of the faith that worketh by love. In Moffat's translation, it said, faith that is active in love. So love is the crowning virtue of all of the virtues. It is the foundation for all and it is the pinnacle of all. So development, therefore, in divine love is not the least of all the necessary virtues because it's listed last here. Rather, like climbing a ladder, step by step, rung by rung, with each preceding virtue as the rungs, love is the crowning achievement, the consummation of the Holy Spirit's work in our life is developing us 
in this divine agape love. Uh, in the Greek, uh, we find that love described as, as agape. It is rendered charity in what we commonly call the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want to highlight that uh, verbally uh, as if I was using one of those bright yellow highlighters in, in your Bible and mine, if it's a King James. Listen to what it says. Chapter 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Everywhere you see that word charity, don't think of giving something to the goodwill, doing something good for the poor. It will cause you to do good things for the poor to help others. But this word is a Greek word that is called agape. And the Greeks had other words for love. Uh, one was eros, which meant sensual and fleshly love. The English counterpart is erotic or erotica. And the other is brotherly love. And that is philos, phileo. And it's brothers, one's own kin. One, love for a brother, love for a sister, a mother, father, daughter, son. And that's why they called uh, Philadelphia the city of brotherly love. However, <laughs> I would say I wouldn't want to be walking in certain streets in Philly uh, at night because everybody doesn't walk in brotherly kindness in Philadelphia. But they wanted to name the city from the Greek word phileo, brotherly love. But agape is different. It's set apart. Many scholars say agape was not even used before the New Testament era. It's a new word, a different word, and describes something man had never envisioned or tried to describe before. It is the Calvary kind of love, revealed in the self-sacrifice and suffering of Jesus Christ. So where I find charity, I'm going to highlight, I'm going to call it divine love, agape love. And Paul says to the church, in 1 Corinthians, listen to it carefully. Though I speak, chapter 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not agape and have not divine love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith, so I could remove mountains and have not agape love, divine love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, you see, this is not that kind of charity. This is different. This is divine. This is not human kindness, phileo. This is agape. Though I give all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not divine agape love, it profiteth me nothing. Divine love, charity, suffereth long, and is kind. Charity, divine love, envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, doesn't promote itself, is not puffed up. Oh, this kind of love keeps us from falling into that terrible fleshly pride. This, this sin that made an angel into a devil and cast him out of heaven. 
this I will be like the Most High. I will sit upon the throne in the north. Listen, this divine love, verse 5, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth, see faith which worketh by love, which is active in love, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Divine agape love, charity, never faileth. But whether there are prophecies, they shall fail. And whether there are tongues, they shall cease. Where there is knowledge, it shall vanish away. This is not talking about the gifts never operating once we have the Bible, because the Bible is the source of all of our knowledge of God and His will for our life. And knowledge certainly hasn't vanished away. Praise God. Listen to me carefully. Verse 9 says, For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, that which is perfect, there's no reference here to, to the Logos or the Rhema or the Word of God or the Bible. That which is perfect is Christ in His kingdom. When He comes, we won't need these gifts uh, to flow in us. When He comes, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, verse 11, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I be known, even as I will know, even as I am known." Someone asked me the question one time. They said, Pastor Venable, will we know each other when we get to heaven? And based on this scripture, I said, if I, if I flew uh, to, to Dallas, Texas, to that Metroplex airport in Dallas, and you took another plane or you drove to Dallas and, and, uh, and drove and was waiting at that airport at the Met- Metroplex, would you know me when I stepped off the plane? Would I know you? Paul said, yes, I'm going to know as I am known. Amen. Praise God. When we get to heaven, I'm going to see you and you're going to see me, not some green plotter plasmic ghostly figure no you're going to see me because in my flesh job said though the skin worms eat all the skin off my bones yet when he stands up i'm going to stand up with him in the last day in my flesh i'm going to see the lord not another is going to see him for me i'm going to see him and paul said i'm going to see him too and he's going to see me and i'm going to see you and you're going to see me hallelujah verse 13 says and now abideth faith hope and charity agape divine love these three but the greatest of these is divine agape love it is 
charity. It is the pinnacle. It's both the foundation for all our spiritual growth and the operation of our faith, and it is the climax and the pinnacle of our faith. (laughs) It's the Alpha and Omega. It's God. Hallelujah. And it's Jesus, His Spirit, reproducing that kind of love, that divine kind of love within you and within me. It's the kind of love that not only creates brotherly kindness for the brethren, but it is also the kind of love that causes us to not just love one another, but to love our enemies and to love them that persecute us and love them that would do us harm if they could. It is a completely different kind of love. One of the writers back, I think it was Tertullian, one of the historians looking at this this faith, this new Christian faith, said of the Christian community developing in this kind of fruit and this kind of virtues in that day, when they meet each other, they greet each other as if they had known each other all of their lives. You see that that agape love was allowing that brotherly kindness to shine forth in the life of those New Testament Christians. And he he also said of them, or one of the historians of that day, uh, Tertullian was one of the major historians uh, chronicling uh, the Christian faith in its early development stages. And he said when they meet each other, even though they have never met before, they immediately love each other as if they were long-standing friends or family. Isn't that an incredible testimony? Isn't it the words of Jesus himself who said, By this, by this, it's singular, by this, Shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another? Not just for one another in the sense of, well, in my heart. No, it's something that is viable and therefore it is visible. Not only faith without works is dead, friend, love without works. Someone put it this way. You can give without loving. You can give just to be part of the church because your particular denomination or organization requires it to be a member. And you can give, uh, you can give to get, just giving for the material return, period. Not any love for God or anyone else involved. You can give, therefore, without loving. But you cannot love without giving. For God so loved the world, this fallen, blasphemous, rebellious, hate-filled, hateful world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's agape. It is the Calvary kind of love. It's the kind of love that held Jesus fast to the cross. 
because he could have come off of that cross. Nails couldn't hold him there. He, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And yet he stayed on it until your sin debt and mine was paid in full. And the Bible said that we should forgive one another for Christ's sake. If God forgave us, we owe it, ought, owe to, we ought to forgive one another and be tender-hearted. A little girl praying by her bed one night says, Mama, I prayed that God would make all the people of the earth good and make all of the good people kind. It's one of those underemphasized fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And it's an outgrowth of agape love within our life. Today, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus died for you. Jesus gave His life. He said, No man takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it up again. And friend, He laid it down. He let them, a lamb dumb before His shears. He opened not His mouth. He could have called heaven's armies. He was the chief, the commander-in-chief of those armies. But he died without the consolation of God, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, so that we could never find ourselves lost without God. Don't run from Him today. If you don't know Him, run to Him. Repent of your sin and receive Him as your Savior. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.